0: Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. Hello, folks, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tech London podcast from the uh, mighty Tech London Slack channel. So if you go to techlondon.io and you can join the Slack channel, check out last episodes and all that kind of stuff. But let's get into this episode with my longstanding podcasting voiceover friend, Pilar. So I'm just giving it away there. Pilar, what are you known for? And what would you like to be known for? (laughs)
1: I am now being known for podcasting. I used to be known for the work I was doing with managers of remote teams. But uh, my focus, um, yeah, the, the podcasting is speaking more strongly, I think.
0: You, you, like So we, we, we were talking before we came on air. So I th- we met with, I think you met Jonathan. You, me and Jonathan met at uh, YouTube in London about six Skype. or seven years ago. Skype, that was it. When Skype was still a thing. Yes. You know, Skype's gone the same way as Ashtrays, hasn't it? Um, oh, no. And it was, it was Mike Russell's, was it, was it were they doing New Media yes. Europe yet? Or That's right. Her? Yes. And just, to, so did you come to the Manchester pot UK podcasters thing?
1: No, I didn't. No, the last one I did was in London.
0: So frequently, so that was like five years ago oh. and I am in a co-working space in Ilford in an office. And the guy next door to me, Ray, is also came to. I didn't know him, also came to that podcast event in Manchester. Uh-huh. And now me, him, and Kofi are running a course together for young people. Yeah, and it's like, how do you know that guy? Well, we were here, do we? There, and it's, just, it's all connected.
1: It's a small world, really. <laughs> it, it's it huge, is. but but it's also small.
0: So, so what we what we want to talk about today is is um. I just need some help with remote remote stuff. And as I'm going around our community in London and chatting to people starting businesses and startups and techie people and all this type of stuff, the the remote thing, the remote world has exploded over the last 18 months. And I think a lot of the, I want to say issues, but like growing pains that we're having in our own company are, similar to what other people have so as you go around your whole remote universe do people have the same things over and over again like when people have a when people come and start a podcast you always say what do where do i host it what microphone do i buy is it the same for every company or is it just always different
1: uh, well, it's always different, but there's lots of stuff also, also that comes up, and there's lots of questions that come up, and lots of issues that come up. And shall I tell you what they are, or shall go, we? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, for um, it. Um, one of them is the the use of tech for communication, and it's just figuring out the rules of the game, as they might be called. So I think I don't know whether you found that, or whether that's already not, or the whether you're over that hurdle of not using the apps themselves and the communication but deciding when to communicate when to go to the writing uh, mode when to go to a meeting mode um, whether to make a decision now that we're talking or whether we need to move it onto a more asynchronous space to get more people involved so i think there's a constant flux of this extra layer in, within our communication dynamics that we have to pay attention to
0: we, we, we have, it's, it's kind of sorted itself out, but we, we, we didn't, we kind of decided, well, how, how should we do this? And then one yeah. day someone started saying, um, someone started just saying, oh, I'm going to send a voice message on WhatsApp because it's easier. So I do a lot of walking down the road now So mm-hmm. like, I'm better at speaking than I am writing. If, if you say, oh, Bernie, can you, can you write out a few things about what you want to do for your website? I'll never do it. If you say, can I just record this and send it to you and transcribe it in something like Otter, I will do that. And it's not because I don't want to do it. It's just, you know, my thing. So we do a lot of every morning, there's a flurry of WhatsApp messages. So we do some bits in WhatsApp and we do a lot of organizing and kind of stuff in Slack. And, then we, we, we were using a program called Nifty, which is a, a grown-up scrum thing, and it was a bit too heavy for other members of our team. So we just went back to Trello.
1: Yeah. So you're already taking also your, your understanding that one, that you can use the communication online space in different ways that is not always writing. You're also understanding that you have preferences, and you're also then communicating those preferences to your team. And at some point, all the all the preferences need to almost either overlap or, or join as one. But I think that that is a process. And I think that people forget that there's that process and they go straight into, let's do this, this way, rather than saying, well, what is it that our team needs to be doing? What is the kind of work we're doing? And then personally, how am I going to bring the best to the team and how is it going to be received best? So it's a really long process. As you but know, that, because you're finding out. Yeah, well, that, that's like
0: when we, when we started this last September, when, when the whole, when, when our team went from being a group of freelancers to working, all working in the same company and, and we had to stop looking for work and start doing work, which was a whole, a whole other <laughs> conversation. Yes. Um, we, we, there was a, there was a kind of, some people were like, this is what we're doing. And, and other people like me i was like well i need a little bit of space to find it out you know like let's see let's see how they feel about this you know And you know i, I wanted to feel my way and other people on the team were like let's just fucking do this and mm-hmm. and finding that finding the balance between the two i think we have it now but finding yeah. the balance between the two was was mentally draining
1: yeah and um, because it's part of working with other humans And I find it quite interesting that when we say we need to humanize the online space, yeah, we do that by, like you're saying, I'm terrible, but having a bit more patience and having a lot more self-awareness and then seeing that actually it's not that it's right or wrong. It's actually that we each have our own ways of doing it, but we do need to find a common way. So yeah, yeah, I can see that.
0: that, that, That's one of the things like personally I struggle with because there's in, in in the immediate team there's 10 people in seven So Netherlands, South Africa, Philippines, Estonia, five and, and the UK, five countries. Um, I'd be horrified if someone's listening and I miss them out, but, um, <laughs> that, so I, I really enjoy my life, but then I worry, I'm thinking, Oh, if only we were all in the same room. Um, and there's, there's, I think this is something that comes up a lot. Is like, um, I it's not I want to make sure everyone has the information and I don't want to over information people Mm -hmm. I don't want to interfere with them but I do I do sometimes wonder have they got everything they need and and for me I know that if I don't check in with people or if someone doesn't even check in with me I will I might go off for four hours in the work day which is an incredibly massive amount of time I don't really know what I'm doing and I fear, I sort of maybe project my fear of that happening onto other people in my team, mm-hmm. even if they aren't doing that at all, because they're not mm-hmm.
1: me. Yeah. And that's really tricky because it's that balance of checking in <laughs> versus it feeling like you're checking up also. And exactly. also, yeah. And and it's also about what you're saying. So one thing that struck me is, for example, if you're thinking that you were, all freelancers before you started working full-time together, it's also understanding even now why people like the remote lifestyle or the remote teamwork lifestyle over something else. So for some people, it will be because they don't want to commute. But for some people, it might be that they enjoy just having very light touch of contact with someone in the morning and that's it. And then they want to go off and do their stuff. And unless there's a problem, they just want to get on with their work obviously, it depends on the kind of work. So I think that that is also another point of conversation. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff needs to be <laughs> solved with conversations. Uh, but I think also asking and and always asking, have you got everything you need? Uh, and being very available, I think as well, if you rather than checking in, making sure that you are as available as possible, um, so that people can come to you. But it's, that's, the only way of dealing with that is by saying to someone, Hey, have you got everything you need? You're sure? All right, sorry to interrupt you. Is that okay? <laughs> Can I check in with you again tomorrow or the next day because I'm worried? Because I would worry. Because I would I think it 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 helps what you just said, Bernie, of this is how I approach it because I would go off and be lost and not ask for help. I think to say to someone, I'm doing this because this is how I would do it. So then they understand your point of view as well. They know where I, you're coming I, from.
0: I, I think I do that. I, I'm very, I know, I know how I've struggled. Mm-hmm. And I think spending so much time freelancing has made me more aware of like the the agony I go through because mainly because I was afraid to ask. Like, so many situations I've been in where I've been like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm doing this job for Peter. If I go back and say like, are we, are we, are we doing it on WordPress or Squarespace? She'll just knife me in the face for not knowing or yeah. And
1: and I think so. I ran a workshop one for a for another company. I was doing some associate work, and they mentioned someone has suggested that instead of at the end of each exercise saying, "Does anyone have any questions?" that we said, "What questions do you have?" And I think that also, if what you want to be doing is opening up and and showing that it's okay to ask questions, to say that you're missing information, to say that you need help, then we also have to pay attention to how we're talking to people. So it's the same thing. So it, it's also paying attention to making sure that the language we're using is reflecting our intent as well. So that could be something also that 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 you do. Okay, is there anything else I can do for you at the end of your check-in? Just Or instead of checking in, just wanted to see whether you're all right, you could say, I'm just checking in to see if there's anything you need from me. Put it on you. You're calling them because you want to know if they want anything from you, rather than you want to know that they are okay.
0: Yeah, there's um. I've I've been plugging myself into uh, particularly Brenny Brown books for years, and <laughs> and and it's not like what I've noticed is it's not like I've I read a book and suddenly knew what to do. There's stuff I've been reading for like ten years and yeah. tried out in different ways. So it takes a, it takes a long time to you know sort of. Put it into practice and work out what you do. There's some books I read every year to, <laughs> and my, oh no, I don't know, I think, I think, say my, my understanding, it just evolved as you would hope um, yeah. <laughs> over time. I, I wanted to, I wanted to shout out something because we were going back to what you said about talking. Um, we were, do you know Neil Usher? Uh,
1: yes. Yeah.
0: Sir, Sir Neil Usher. So we were at this <laughs> talk he was doing the other day and there was a room for, this is interesting. There was a room full of, um, people who, who were in the workspace industry. And he said, "Has anyone read the Agile Manifesto?" And I was the only person that read the Agile Manifesto mm-hmm. because 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 I just wanted to read it because people are always talking about Agile. Yeah. Remember a few years ago we had this thing about words people use that really annoy us. Oh
1: um, yeah, <laughs> an, and, an episode
0: and, and on it. Agile was one of them. Like we're yes. an Agile team. No. I said, what do you mean by that? And because I'm a pedantic idiot, when people would say, "Oh, we're Agile," I so said, "What do you mean Agile?" And they'd be yeah. like, "Oh well," blah, 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 blah. and i say, "So do you know the Agile Manifesto?" And they hadn't. You know, mm. what's
1: that?
0: It's, it's 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 a it's a really important piece of work that was written by Ken Schwaber and Jeff Sullivan and a load of other people. Yeah, yeah, In a in a chalet in like nineteen ninety eight, and one of the is, well, you can put a link in the show notes. But one of the things in there is about getting together and talking to each other on a regular basis, and people talking is what moves projects forward. Um, and and also I think that's how you get to. Not even. I think you know. I know that's how you get to understand each other and how things will work. And when you are like barking orders at each other, I don't. I, that never works for me. But like, what do you think, Pilar?
1: Yeah, well, that that one. And I and I remember also the the Agile Manifesto used to insist on the face to face. So many people were <laughs> fighting against it, saying we could also do this distributed. Um, but going back to your. Um, to your point about conversations and getting to know each other, I think there's also a lot to be said about working out loud. And even though it's a it's a term that seems to be a lot about pushing what we're doing and, and some people are saying, oh, we've got to stop to- talking so much about the work and we have to be doing the work. But I think that working out loud as in at the end of the week explaining, it could be in an audio or in a written format, or if you want to have a meeting, a meeting, uh, about one decision we made and why we did it, why we took that decision or sharing one piece of work we enjoyed doing and why we enjoyed doing it and just getting used to doing that. It means that one, we don't put all the, we don't leave it until conversations to keep checking in with each other. And we also, we also build a bank of knowledge, but we also get to understand. How people approach the work, and that might help us to to work with them, so I think that in a way also in the online space, and if you want to keep that flexibility of your day, et etc, which is one of the reasons a lot of people do that, it's finding all these different touch points where we can reveal something of ourselves that is going to help the relationship, and also I think it also helps to redefine conversation so that conversations can be I share again as I said I share a bit of this thinking of my work or I share something I learned and how it's changed me and we get used to doing that and then we get we receive something around it and that conversation then takes many different forms
0: I really agree with that
1: I, I, <laughs> I thought I'm you not. left like, okay no, no,
0: no. <laughs> I, I, I was having a little moment there to let like edit. let it <laughs> Let, let the listener take it all in, because that—I mean, that—that—that that, that really, that definitely really works for me. And one of the thing, like one of the things that works fantastically in our team is uh, there's a lot of people who, you know, particularly Janine, uh, who are very aware of different learning styles, um, you know, ADHD and dyslexia and stuff like that. So we don't all come to a, a meeting go, no, "I won't be able to do this because I'm." You know, th- these are superpowers that we have. Mm. And I, I, one of the, one of the reasons it works so well is that everyone, everyone kind of compensates for people's strengths and weaknesses. And we never really sat down and mapped it out and talked mm. about it. It's just, it just, it's just, it's just there. And, um, Jax, who would be reluctantly called head of marketing is, has this amazing ability to meet people where they are. And, and that, kind of drip feeds around the whole team so you know i'm, I'm like f- full of energy and bouncing off the walls and she she can come to me and like extract the piece of information mm. she needs to give to the rest of the team and then and then and then come back and yeah. something something to s- sell into that is wh- wh- where are you with the the whole daily stand-up conversation do you, do you have a
1: for, for me the thought of having to do anything daily with uh i don't like that <laughs> <laughs> but it really depends. Like uh, somebody, I was talking to a, c- a couple of people some time ago and they would say, Oh yeah, we're, we're checking in in Slack every day, every morning. Or it really depends if, if the team needs to be doing that because the work is so interlinked that you have to um, check in every morning then do that. But if the work is not that interlinked and the check-ins can happen in other ways, or even if they need to happen, then it's really about the the, the dynamic of the work and how you need to be there for each other.
0: That is good. Because if you'd said, I think it's really important, this would have been a very one-sided conversation. Because <laughs> like, that really works for me. I, I've been on teams where we do that every day. Mm. And I'm thinking, why are we? Do- we're kind of doing it because someone read a book about it, yeah. and then that's why we're doing it. And and I'm there going. I just want to, you know, what, why, and and we had to. I kind of agree with this, but I really hated it. Is we all had to be online, and we all had to have our videos on. And this was before pandemic stuff, mm-hmm. so you couldn't. Uh, I was. I'm sure as you're listening, you'll be able to see the hear the advantages and disadvantages of this. But we all had to be online. Everything off. And, and paying attention to each other, which is obviously a nice thing, but I couldn't even like get my, and this, this went on for like half an hour, this check-in, and we had to, and we were like forced, we all liked each other anyway, but we were forced to connect and we, and it blew up. And other things, it's been like 15 minutes, bang. Um, what did you do? What are you going to do today? And then the thing I love is what's in your way? and that's mm-hmm. the magic question for me mm-hmm.
1: that's great because what it's doing is everyone every day is having to say out loud something that's not working for them and in a way by saying something's in your way you everyone is saying sometimes I struggle and also sometimes I need help and if you get used to doing that every morning I imagine that maybe hopefully it's easier afterwards um the other thing I'd like to say is that for uh for some people who have I, I was reading some research on psychological safety in virtual teams which is a research that's just come out from teams before the pandemic and someone was saying in order for me to have all this freedom during the day I really enjoy those daily meetings because it gives me an anchor so I Touching with the team that happens every day at the same time. So it gives me something that's constant and then I can and go and have my freedom and do my work. Um, and the other thing I think is that if we are asking a group of people, if we're asking our team to do those check ins, we need to be very clear about why. And sometimes, Bernie, I think it is because the person in charge needs that in order to show up at their best. Uh, and that is fine, but I think we need to say that if you want your team around you every morning, just for half an hour, seeing everyone together and stuff, and that's going to help you then support them better, just let them know.
0: That's a really good point. I hadn't that hadn't occurred to me. I, I was listening to a, a Brenny Brown podcast about it was in, in a Dare to lead thing, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to it. It was it was like a two part thing, and they had someone come on, um, Priya Parker, I think her name was. Mm-hmm. And they did this like live autopsy on why they have this meeting. Yeah. And one of the problems with the meeting is that the 10 people that came to it didn't know why they had the meeting. Yes. And even in Brenny Brown's organization, they, um, they, they didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And Brenny's like, you know what? Well, yeah. I don't know why we do that either. We just sort of started doing it accidentally. And that is in a very forward thinking, alert, self-aware organization. So doing things for the sake of it is, um, is, is, is dangerous territory. Um, and they need
1: to review sorry bernie they need to review because you know you might start doing it because it's right at that moment and you don't want to overthink it you just do it's feeling right but actually three months later it doesn't feel right so we need to review why we're doing it also
0: that's a very important point too one of the things that i worry about is i think getting people together on a like daily or every other day to check in is really really important and if it's like particularly that what's in your way question if it's like really honestly what's in your way because we all want to help and we want to keep people we want to keep each other moving for genuine feeling of progression and exhilaration with each other rather than like i'm checking up on you which is what you said just now Hmm. um that the positioning of why we're getting together is is really really important because there's i remember remember someone they're not on our team now but they said i i I don't want to write down what i'm doing every day because i might not do it and it, I, I don't mind sharing what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. Um, I don't know why, but I'm. I, I feel like when I put stuff out there, like this isn't working for me. Um, other people will say, "Oh, well, you know, I can do that," and it it just gets this feeling of progression. I probably just experience, but this person was like. If I haven't done what I, if I haven't done everything on my list, other people in the team will think I am crap, mm. and I was astounded that they thought that.
1: Yeah, because we're not used to it, and also what you've got to remember is, well, you are remembering is that people have a lots of experience when they by the time they arrive and work in a team, even if it's their first job. We have uh, we've got all the experiences that have made us who we are. Mm. So for that person, that was that. But you also bring a point that is that we need to keep shifting how we're doing things also. So it could be that that person doesn't want to say what they've done, um, what they're going to do in case they don't get round to it. Well, can't we then, can't they do it the other way around? At the end of the day, just let us know what they've done. Uh, So again, it's all the time shifting uh, to see what can work and still help the team.
0: It's interesting. So one of the the things you're going to take away from this is like doing something and then reviewing it because we work in, we sort of, do this 12 week yearly, quarter thing. Mm-hmm. And um, until you said that, even though I know better, I thought this has to be forever and it doesn't have to be forever. It has to be for like what's working right now.
1: Yes, exactly. And even the same team can go, okay, we're having daily standups on video, for example, every morning it's working now. And suddenly for somebody life changes and that is really getting in their way, change it for six weeks. And then, and see, do a, a three hour check in on Slack every morning instead of the 15 minutes <laughs> in real time. And, and that's, yeah. So it does take, I mean, it's a little bit exhausting also to be trying stuff out and reviewing all the time, but I think it's worth it. Um, and the other thing I think it's worth remembering, Bernie, just from everything we're saying is that this is happening in remote teams, but it also happens in co-located teams. Sometimes people are in the office every day together. They don't know what everyone else is doing. They don't know how to ask for help. <laughs> it's it's just part of working together, but in the remote space it's more obvious. It's um
0: to just to just to wrap it up, when, when we were with um Neil the other day, he one of the one of the points of his talk was like everyone's talking about like how everything's changed. And he said, But if you think about it, this was kind of happening anyway. And do you think do you think like 18 months on from we're all going remote, do you think everything's changed or it's just kind of amplified what was there already?
1: Um, I think a lot of people have experienced stuff they'd never experienced before and then have had a reaction to it. Whether it's, whether it's that's um, the reaction we would expect them to have or not, it's a different story. But I think definitely a lot of preconceptions about what My work is what teamwork is, what we need to operate well as a team. And also what makes me happy at work. A lot of people have discovered new stuff. And that's not just because of the pandemic and a lot of online work and all of that, but also people have been shaken. And they've also, even the people who've been with work up to here have also had time to think and this whole transition and just checking in with who do I want? Do I want to continue doing what I was doing or? Oh, I've quite enjoyed doing this, which I never experienced. Therefore, how did how would I have known that I enjoyed it? So, I think from that point of view. But um, but regarding the way of the ways of working, I don't think much is going to change at a grand scale. But at least now, when we get people who like to do things differently, hopefully now people are not going to look at them you know, with a strange uh, in a strange way. I think maybe what might have changed is that it's more acceptable to s- challenge. The ways of working.
0: That is a great answer. Thank you very much. I'm mean, going to. I'm tempted to start another topic, but we'll, we'll come back <laughs> to another time. Episode. Yeah, um, that's a, a that's a very fruitful thought thing. um So, where can everyone find you online? Uh,
1: two places: virtualnotdistant.com dot com, and if you're into podcasting, uh, adventuresinpodcasting.com. dot com.
0: And we'll put a link to your link to in in the show notes. But yeah, thank and you. my
1: name is Pilar Orti.
0: Did we say that? Maybe um, you said episode. Pilar,
1: but you know you. Ha- I, I tr- sometimes repeat the name of guests at the end of the episode just for people to remember.
0: That, that's why I always find it very intimidating because you're, you're so much more professional. I just, hope, <laughs> I just hope to get to the end of the episode and the, uh, the structure and organisation of your of your stuff. Um, h- how long have you been podcasting now? Uh,
1: I th- I think maybe seven years, wow. no, or, or maybe no, maybe that's too much. Maybe five. I don't know. I started with um, Spain Uncovered. I think in maybe 2014 or 15. I don't know,
0: Bernie. Oh, with um, with what's his name?
1: I still have that T-shirt. With uh you know, Craig Whelan, it was later. Yeah. It was a uh, Spain I covered was before anything. That was my test um, podcast. But yeah, Craig Whelan, we did Enclave the podcast, one of I the first bilingual shows.
0: I know. I, I remember. I, I still, I still have that T-shirt from the from the podcast meeting. Anyway, let's get out of here. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, folks. Go to techlondon.io. Um, join the Slack channel comment on the podcast slack channel because we don't we don't send this to everybody but um, we're really working on activating um, our podcast conversations stay safe and be careful out there it is a jungle you've been listening to the tech london show if you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show make sure you join our slack group over at techlondon.io. till next time